0: Good morning, church family. I'll be jumping around in scripture today as we continue with the main themes from John and the crucifixion of Jesus, the cross of which we've been studying, but with a different direction. Last week, we looked at Jesus before Pilate, Pilate's recognition of Jesus as king of the Jews. We looked at the rejection of Jesus by the Jews and Jesus' response to it all. Today we shift directions and look towards the cross, Jesus, and us. The cross, Jesus, and us. We look today to Christ, the crucified Savior, and with this we see, we will see what our response should be. What should our response be to Jesus and the cross? Hold your head high and come alive as we boast in the cross of Jesus. As we boast in the cross of Jesus. You see, more than 2,000 years ago, God's plan of redemption altered the world forever. The power of sin and death was broken through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our King. Death was defeated. True life, spiritual life, and God's life triumphed. Now, because of Christ, we need not look down in fear or defeat, but hold our heads high as we focus on the cross and come alive through the great sacrifice Jesus made the greatest sacrifice ever the life Jesus offers it is reason to come alive and celebrate it is not easy to read or think about the crucifixion it's not a pretty picture but it is good as we continue to discover the life-giving truths and blessings of which Christ's sacrifice brings it's amazing it's baffling it's mysterious But God powerfully does transform each one of us into a new creation. And it's because of Christ. As 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We are restored through Jesus, his cross, and his resurrection to a newness of life. With new opportunities and with new equipping through his spirit. Which resides within us through Christ's death we are greatly blessed but still death is not a pretty picture and it's difficult to look at it's difficult to look at death but sometimes we must and when we do it impacts us I don't know if you have ever been in the room when someone has taken their last breath is in their final days hours or moments but you never forget those moments of time I once heard a story of a pastor doing a bedside visit. It was one of the first things he did as a full-time pastor. All he knew was that a family who had once visited the church was asking for a pastor to come pray for a young man who was in the hospital. He walked in, and as he walked in, he found a young man in his early 20s who had been in a tragic circumstance and now was getting assistance from machines to maintain his life this pastor he didn't know what was going on but he met with the family they asked him to pray and he did then when he said amen the machines were disabled and he took his last breath something like that it impacts you it sticks with you you may have a different story maybe a very personal one one which hurts to remember or think of. Whatever the case, though, I think the following is true. It is in those moments of staring death in the face that we remember what is most important. It is in these moments we contemplate not just life today, but our eternal futures and our salvation or lack of. Also in these moments, we might see Christ call us beloved. His actions on the cross, they scream it. In John 17, 18, 19, we've been talking about the betrayal, the arrest, the trial, the denial of Christ. We look to Jesus before Pilate and the crowds, the flogging, the crucifixion. There is incredible pain and suffering on this day. The cross was the most brutal tool of Roman execution. And yet we might call it today wonderful, glorious, even beautiful. In fact, that one day a year... Just a few days before Easter, when we look to the cross, the crucifixion, those last moments of Christ's breath before laying his life down for us, we call this day Good Friday. I want us today to take a few moments to look intently at the cross of Jesus Christ and our response to it. See that it's good. When the Apostle Paul considered the cross, his response was to say, In Galatians 6, 14, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. We can and should boast in the cross of Jesus. Boast and recalibrate. To look at the cross is to recalibrate your life around the one thing, this one thing, and receive the confidence that comes from knowing the God of the universe laid down his life for you, for me, for the world, and for our eternity's future. This is his love. This was his plan. I want to draw attention to that word boast from Galatians 6.14. You see, we should boast in nothing else but Jesus and his cross. No Christian should have such confidence in anything other than the cross of Jesus Christ, the crucified Lord. Let your motivation to live out your faith be that you will overwhelmingly conquer, persevere, endure through any obstacle of life because of the power of the Almighty God within you through God's love, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Through the cross alone, through Jesus alone. This confidence, it comes from looking at Christ, unbelievable suffering, looking, boasting at the cross of Jesus. The Greek word translated boast or exalt or brag, it might literally mean to hold your head high. As you think of somebody boasting, they don't generally hold their head low, they hold their head high and boast about how great something is with great excitement, as if bragging. To boast might literally mean to hold your head high. So as we talk about the cross of Christ today, we see point one. Because of the cross of Jesus, our crucified Savior, our Lord, we might hold our heads high as we look upon the cross. We live in a look-down society, though, don't we? When you sit at a stoplight, pay attention to the other people at the light. They're not looking up, waiting for light to change. They're looking down, often down at their phones we look down all the time we look down at our computers at our phones we look down to read to text to surf social media and reels we look down as we stand over a countertop preparing a meal we look down as we look at a microwave we look down as we work at our workbenches or at our jobs we don't often look up as we should so many of our daily activities And habits cause us to look down. But listen to this. I read this week that there are 70 trillion cells in our body. And every single one of them is impacted by the condition of which we look. When we look down too much, our spinal cord is compressed in a different position than what might allow the life force to truly flow. Whenever you look down, one could say you're compressing the spinal cord then in a negative way. You're literally cutting off some of the functions of your nervous system. We should be looking up much more than we look down. Throw your shoulders back, tilt your neck back, lift your chin, and look up. This posture can literally help restore life to the body. And it's the posture of which the Apostle Paul challenges us to live in. As he says to boast. But as we boast with heads held high recognize remember it's because of jesus as our crucified savior our king it's because we know what hope and joy we're living in and why holding your head high it's a corrective measure to our body but it's also a corrective measure for our soul as we remember we don't save ourselves christ in his work upon that cross is our salvation Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That reminds me of a famous song by Edward Mote from late 1700s, early 1800s. It goes something like this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Can you say that with me? On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. We're saved through the cross of Jesus, so we can look up, hold our heads high, and come alive. It's also backed by scripture not just this song but it should also be illustrated by our lives by how we walk how we live we must look up when others are looking down look up to bring attention to jesus as we look at his life and see what he's done for us it allows us to recalibrate all the ways in which our lives have gotten out of alignment we focus on what matters when we look up notice We don't hold our heads high about the importance of our work. We don't hold our heads high about our gifts or talents, except as how they might glorify God or be by God. We don't hold our heads high about our contributions, our accomplishments. We follow the example of Jesus who stepped out of heaven and made himself of no reputation, made himself a servant and a friend of sinners. We look up and hold our heads high to behold Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the savior of the world as John 12:9 says, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What an amazing reference John the Baptist made when Jesus first came on the scene before he had performed any miracles of his first of his public ministry. He entered the scene and John says behold behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world behold he says see look upon experience Jesus look upon the lamb the lamb born in Bethlehem Jesus was and is the lamb of God born to be the perfect sacrifice for sinful humanity born to be the price of our reconciliation back to God born to be the payment for our sins our transgressions point two because of Christ our Savior our crucified Savior we should be holding our heads high looking upon Jesus as the Lamb of God hold your head high Look upon the one who ate with sinners and who welcomed the needy, the outsiders. Look upon the one who said, let the little children come to me. Hold your heads up. Look to the one who never forced himself on anyone, yet welcomed and listened to all. Hold your head up high while the Son of Man walks upon water, calms the sea, casts out demons, feeds the hungry. Behold Jesus. Hold your head high and look as the blind receive sight as the lame learn to walk again as the diseased are healed and as those held captive to the sins are set free, chains broken, yokes removed. Hold your head up high and look at the Lamb of God, Jesus the Christ, who takes away the sins of the world. Behold, behold the man. Hold your head high and boast in Jesus, the Lamb of God, in the same way that John the Baptist told us to behold him. Remember the words of Pontius Pilate from last week. John nineteen five said, So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. Pilate said, Behold the man, and we too should hold our heads high as we behold the man, Jesus. And then declare Jesus as Messiah Lord King of our lives we must first behold Jesus to declare Jesus we must first behold Jesus to declare Jesus let's say that together repeat after me behold Jesus to declare Jesus behold Jesus to declare Jesus See him, experience him, look at him now and remember this day that occurred 2,000 years ago. Look to the not so pretty picture of Jesus in the cross. Behold and boast what he did for love for you. He has been betrayed, abandoned by his own followers, denied by his closest friends. He has been whipped, flogged by the Romans. They then pushed a crown of thorns into his head and Pilate brought him forward saying to behold him. After all that, Pilate declares him not guilty. This was an infamous morning, but the crowd wanted more. What do you want me to do, Pilate asked. Take him away, they shouted. Crucify him. We cannot physically see him today, but as best as we can, in as one pastor stated, our mind's eye, we can look up and look upon him and boast, brag, exalt, have confidence and as you boast have faith have joy and rejoice as first Peter 1 8 9 proclaims encourages challenges us saying though you have not seen him you love him though you do not now see him you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls There's a three-step plan for us here today, people. One, love him. Two, believe. And three, rejoice. But how can we look back at such suffering and death and be filled with joy, inexpressible? How? Why? Because we can see it as personal to us. It was for me and it was for you. Look to First Peter 18 to 19. It says, "For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God." Jesus was battered and beaten, abused and abandoned and with only one motivation: us. The love of the children of God. 1 John 3.16 tells us, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Jesus would lay down his life for us. Let's continue to look to the picture of the cross of which we can boast in, knowing the love for us which is shown through his sacrifice. His body was laid down attached to the beams of the cross by Roman nails. 1 Peter 2.24 says He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to the righteousness. By His wounds we have been healed. Talk about a response to Jesus. Our response should be that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. We today can boast and reflect upon Jesus, the crucified Lord, Lamb of God, who declares sin canceled and proclaim, It is finished. For in his wounds is found a healing to our souls. In his wounds is found eternal living with God In new life. New life. It's a beautiful mystery that the streams of blood from the lashing the nails and thorns might cover the sins of the world. But it does. And a few moments later, he finishes this work and breathes his last. And as his work is finished, we have not just a cross, not just a lamb, but a Savior and Lord, a King to recognize and to remember for all time. That's our closing and application here. Hold your head high as you look upon your crucified Savior. As your king. Here are some takeaways, your take-homes. We must come alive to the cross of Jesus. Behold Jesus to declare Jesus. Boast not in your own power, but in the power of the cross of Jesus as you live for him and his kingdom. As you live for him and His kingdom. That's a response to Jesus as our crucified Savior right there. As we hold his suffering in our hearts, we should have not just sorrow or grief, heads hanging low, but overwhelming gratitude and humility, walking alive and celebrating the great sacrifice of Christ, your crucified Savior, your Lord, your King. Yes, it is almost impossible not to bow your head in sorrow and reverence. Death is hard to look at. Yet today, as followers of Christ, we may also celebrate in life and walk in the hope and joy of new life with head lifted high, boasting and high. And finally, my closing thought or challenge is this check yourself at the door. Check your attitude. Check your mental and spiritual state. Look up, my friends. Look up and see what your head direction is saying to the world around you. Look up and see the mission field still present. Behold Jesus to declare Jesus. Look up and boast. Christ was crucified, but he is now alive. And because of him, so are you. So are you. Let's close in prayer and song now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for, yes, we can and should boast in the cross. But not just any cross, not our cross, not the cross of those two beside you that day, but your cross. For through you, upon that cross, we find salvation for eternity, life, hope, joy forevermore. May we remember your love and live in the same love. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. All God's people said, amen and amen.